Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Turn with me to Psalms 27. We're going to take a break from Ephesians today because I really felt this this morning. And uh, can I get a bottle of water? Thank you, Zach. Um, I was like, we, when I sat down Monday and started looking at Ephesians, I just, it just wasn't resonating with me for Sunday, even though I'm going to, I'm like, well, I'm going to have to do it anyway. It's, but then, as the week progressed, every time I sit down and study it, I was getting all the information, but it, it just wasn't resonating with my heart for today. And then the more and more the stuff happening in the world kept amping up to crazy levels, um, I realized that that's not what I needed. And uh, I don't know if I've ever preached a sermon out of Psalms, ever, um, but I'm going to today. And I think maybe, maybe this should be something that, um, that you read a lot over the next few days, weeks, and months. Um, but let's, let's take a look here. Let's, I'm going to start with the verse three, fir, first three verses. We're going to kind of crawl through this. I have a ton of notes. And um, so bear with me a little bit as I'm, I might read a lot today. But I, I really had a lot of things that were on my heart. It says this. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my light. And my salvation. Who is our light and salvation? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. When we read this psalm, it's one of many psalms written by King David. How many know about King David? King David, who was basically a nobody. The Lord anointed him to be king over Israel. And, and get this, he's anointed as king over Israel. And, and the comment of the guy doing the anointing, what the Lord told him was, yeah, yeah, man looks on the outside appearance, but God looks at the heart. Now, we're all like, yes, such, so much faith. What if that were describing you? You would not take that so much as a compliment in the moment. Like, wait a minute. Like, oh, bless his heart, Drew. You know, the Lord, he looks at the heart. Be like, oh, wait a minute. What are you you trying to say? Anyway. Yeah. So David wasn't much to look at, but man, he was one with the Lord. He wrote this psalm, and and we don't know exactly when he wrote what psalms. We know he wrote a lot of psalms. Um, 
We don't know exactly when he wrote this one, but he definitely wrote it from a season of trouble in his life. And yet this song is a, is a song of confidence and triumph. Was it because of anything David did? No, it's because of the Lord being his light in salvation. God himself is what brought light to David's life. And I have written here, he, he did not despair in darkness and all that darkness represented. His life was filled with the Lord just the same way his life was filled with light. And, and, and let, me, let me take a step back because we don't really understand light today. And the reason I know we don't understand light today is because all of us have this right here. Like, I am, like, my phone is at least always three or four feet away from me. Almost always. So I am never in darkness, ever. If it ever gets dark, I'm always like, boop. And there it is, there's light. We walk into a room, we flip that switch, which we lost all every single one in the building. Um, we flip that switch, lights come on. This is a day and age, think about this, this is a day and age which David lived where light wasn't as easy to come by. When it got dark at night, it got dark at night. And if it was a cloudy, moonless night, it was dark. And if your fire went out, your lamp went out, it was dark and there wasn't some easy way. So darkness would just pervade. To, to get light was a little more of a struggle than what we have today. But what David's saying here is God himself was his light. And, and salvation. I want you to know that this word in the Hebrew for salvation is literally the word deliverance. Say deliverance. He's saying, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Not salvation, and he wasn't saying it. I mean, he was kind of saying, I guess you could say in a prophetic sense about Christ coming in the future. But in that moment, he is saying, look, the Lord is my light he brings light to my life. He fills my life with light. And He will deliver me. And you have to imagine, this is a guy who's been through some stuff. I mean, this is a guy who had the king of the nation sending out an army for his demise. Can you imagine if this morning Donald Trump decided he wanted you executed and sent some people after you to make sure that you were taken care of. And you were on the run. I would be terrified. I don't <laughs> like it wouldn't be like the spy movies. It'd be you trying to find a cave and hiding in it. Don't tell anybody where I am. And that's what David had experienced in his life. And yet what he's saying here is the Lord is my deliverance. Guys, this is way worse than anything that we've ever been through. That's what I'm trying to say. It's way worse than the current situation we all find ourselves in today, even as a nation. And what David is saying in his worst circumstance, I know worse sometimes can be subjective based on where you're sitting. But in his circumstance, he's looking at the Lord and saying, the Lord is my light and my deliverance, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And, and I think this is really interesting because even though in John... John 1.5 and John 1.9, it says Jesus is the light. This is actually the only place in Scripture where it actually says God is, is light. 
The Lord is light. Yahweh is the light. The Lord is my light. And we know Jesus is God. And I know I love the way we sang it this morning. You are always up to something good. How's that, that line about light? It didn't say light. No, it was before that. What's the song we started with this morning? King of the Earth. And that's the way it started this morning. I was like, they didn't even know. Well, I think I told Jamie, but anyway, it was really cool. Um, Isaiah 49.6 and Acts 13.47 also have this, this wonderful promise of light and salvation for the Gentiles through the Messiah. So, so saying that Christ is coming and he will be a light. He will be the salvation of the earth. The Lord, it goes on to say, the Lord is the strength of my life. And think about how like skilled David was. Right? Because when he went to when he went to Saul, because he was going to fight Goliath, right? So he goes to King Saul, he's going to fight a giant, and and he's like, Look, I have a bunch of stuff I want you to use to kill this giant. And David's like, I'm not used to this. I've got a skill. I'm going to use it. And David knew how to kick butt. Go, go read it. David knew how to kick butt. He knew how to gather the right kind of guys around him. And he could kick tail. And yet, what does he say? He says, the Lord is the strength of my life. And my question for us this morning is, where does your strength come from? Where does your strength come from? Does it come from your financial investments? I ain't doing so well right now. Does it do with how much food is on the shelf at the local grocery store? That can be a little scary to look at right now. Where's the strength of your life? Does it come from social media? Definitely nothing good on there right now. Does it come from media? And I'm, I'm not one of these conspiracy theorists who think these guys are out there telling us false information um, to control us. I think these are just people who like money. And so they're going to say things so people will listen to them so they can get more money. I don't think that's conspiracy. I think that's human nature. That's selfish human nature is what that is. Also, by the way, if you need some toilet paper this morning... We don't have a stockpile, but if you need some, you can have what we have. We will help you out. If you know someone in need, let us know. We will, we will help them. Um, the Lord is the strength of my life. Um, i got to find my spot right here. I like how some translations say, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. You guys know what a stronghold is? You know what a stronghold is? Like a fortress, like this, like, like, listen, like, it's like a fort that you live in that nothing can get inside of. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Because especially when I was young, we talked about having strongholds of our life that the enemy lived in, right? Like, I have the stronghold of my life and we always talked about it like as it was something the enemy would always use to pull us down, right? Um, the, the devil, he has a stronghold in my life. 
And, and that can be a lot of things. It can be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be pornography, it can be, there's lots of strongholds. But what, what David's saying in this song is that the Lord is the stronghold of my life. This is where I live. It's with what the Lord says and what, what the Lord does. And, and, and he goes on to say, then whom will I be afraid? And what, what we see is in the first one, he says, whom shall I fear? And this Second part of this, he says, whom will I be afraid? He's like repeating himself. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And this is kind of like a poetic thing he's doing, but he's really driving his point home. And he's, he's being a little, um, what was that, a rhetorical question, right? Like a little sarcastic even. Like the creator of the universe has me. What am I going to be afraid of? And this is like that goes on to um, um, in Scripture says that perfect love casts out fear. And who is perfect love? God is love, right? And so we have this, what happens is if we have this peace that comes in us that we shouldn't have because we have the Lord. We have a peace that fills up our entire life because the Lord is our light, the Lord is our deliverance, not all the stuff around us that we've built up that we think we have, and the Lord is the stronghold of our life, and so we have this peace, it's almost like a peace that surpasses understanding. They should have put that in the Bible somewhere. It goes on to say, when evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and my foes, it says they stumble and they fall. And I have written here, David remembered how God had proven himself reliable in the past. There are times when the wicked or even army came against him, yet God showed David that he was his light that he was his salvation, and that he was his stronghold. Okay? And, and I, I love this because he's saying when, when bad stuff happened, so he's like recalling to, to things that happened to him in the past as a testimony to the present. To know what God can do in the future. And, and I want to say that, like, what has happened to you in the past that you saw God brought you through? What things did the enemy men mean for, for evil or men for destruction that God used? He took them and he used them for your good. And it was a little bumpy, it was a little rough, but, but the Lord, he came through. And, and I love it because he's like, it's them who stumble and them who fall. Um, it's this, this picture of them just, like, I'm not the one that has to be afraid. It's them who is going to stumble and fall. And, and I would say even through this time as we're going through as a nation, if we put our confidence in the things of God versus the things that are going on around us, listen, you're only going to have one testimony. When we come out of the other side of this here in a few months, are you going to be one of the ones who lived in the fear of the moment, or the one, one of the ones who put their confidence in the Lord. That's what it says though, in verse 3. Though an enemy encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
He's going there again. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. Yet I will be confident. Not yet I will wish and hope. I, I really hope God has this. I really hope that, that God does okay. And you've got to think, if, if you look at 1 Samuel 17, this is where, where Goliath comes against David. And, and you have to think maybe this is what David was thinking when he wrote these lines. When Goliath says, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Now, wait a minute. This is a cute Bible story for you right now. Imagine being a young man with a giant standing in front of you with thousands of people on either side of you. And this giant looks down at you and says, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Guys, there's been a few times in my life where I've had a bully uh, taunt me. And I, I um, well, more than a few times. I was a scrawny guy growing up. Um, still am. But it doesn't just, you don't just think, oh, well, he just said a thing. Listen, I've heard, I've heard some of you talk when a person taunts you or is a little sarcastic with you. Your own friends get a little sarcastic with you. I've heard some of you fly off the handle. And this is this is this big, brutal enemy, the enemy of God coming at David. And can you imagine the way this young man felt? I, I, I would have been a little bit concerned, a little bit terrified. And yet, here's David going toe-to-toe with this guy. Because he, why? Because he trusts in the Lord. It does, listen, it doesn't, ah, it wasn't that he was trusting in his five little rocks and his ability to use them. He was trusting in the Lord. And as we walk through this situation as, as a, individuals and as a congregation, as the people of God in this community with the other people of God in this community, it's our job to communicate our confidence in the Lord above anything else. Yet I will be confident. And, and this is what I think is so amazing because here's David and he's setting up this um, He's setting up this in this song, this first part of this song. We've, we've been talking about all the bad stuff, right? But he's talking about the bad stuff in context of the creator of the universe. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold. Whom shall I be afraid? The evildoers, they assail me. They eat up my flesh. My adversaries, they foes. It is they who stumble and fall. My enemies, they encamp against me. My heart will not fear. The war rises up. I will be confident. So, so if all this is going on in your life, if there's war around you and your enemies are coming at you, what is your prayer? What is your prayer? God, save me from my enemies, right? Is that your prayer? That should be the thing you pray. 
That's not what David prays here. Not even a little bit. It wasn't, Lord, save me from my enemies. It wasn't, Lord, they're stumbling and follow them, now kill them dead. In the time of turmoil in David's life, he says, I'm going to trust the Lord, and here's my prayer. Are you ready for this? Here's his prayer in verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, that will I seek after. Here's the one thing. Ready? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire in His temple. For He will hide me in the shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high on a rock. His prayer isn't, God, take care of the situation. It isn't, God, you've got to stop them. It's, God, I need you. And can I tell you something? mm, We've got all these crazy people saying crazy things all around us now. And your job isn't to try to silence them. Your job isn't to do all the things to... Oh, God, you've got to get them to shut their mouths or you've got to fix this. It's, Lord, I need you. That has to be our response in this situation. It's, Lord, there's one thing I need in this situation, and that's to see you even more. It's to get even closer to you. One thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And that word dwell is that word abide. And if, if we were to go over and look at John chapter 15, this is the words that Jesus uses when he's talking about the vine. How many of you know, remember when Jesus talked about the vine? What does he say? He says, abide in the vine. Live in the, in the vine. Because if you don't live in the vine, what happens? Yeah, you get cut off and thrown away. And here he's saying, I want to live, live where God is. I want to be where he is. And, and that's not where some of us are living. Where some of us are living are, is right here. And that's about how fast I go through it too. And we spend... Hour after hour, we don't even realize how long we spend living right there. When where we should be spending is in the Word. Where we should be spending is in prayer with the Lord. In worship and praise of the Lord. This is where we live our life. And, and this struck me um, a few days ago. when, And I, I'll just be honest. This, my idea for this, Psalms 27 didn't come from me I, I saw i saw one of my favorite professors from when i was in bible college and he said i've changed my plan for my sermon for this sunday to psalm 27 and i it just struck me it just resonated with me when i read it and i was like psalm 27 has to be where we are because we have to be people who pursue the lord before we pursue anything else not so that we can get the and, and guys i don't it's important for us to be informed. It's important for us to make godly, wise decisions based on the information available to us. But it cannot be the thing that we run after. Because what David said here is, 
the thing he runs after, the thing he inquires isn't the latest stories. What he inquires is in, it says right here in verse number four, he inquires in his temple. And why? Why do we run after the Lord before we run anything else? Because he will be the one that shelters us in the day of trouble. He was going to be the one that covers us in his tent. This all falls back on, on the Lord. I'm putting my trust in him. And when we go through times like this, and, and, and some people are already beginning to criticize believers, saying you guys are just putting your heads in the sand and, and saying you're going to trust God. And to some on the outside, it'll still look that way. Even if we're trying to be, you know, take common sense measures and do some things. your goal isn't to answer to them. There's only one person you answer to, and that's the Lord. And so, yeah, do all the common sense measures, but don't put your hope there. Because if that's where you're going to live, that's also where you're going to die. Verse 6. And now my head shall be lifted up. Above my enemies, all around me. And I will offer in his hand sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And I think you just might have missed something there because, because he is running to the Lord in a time of despair. He's running to the Lord when his enemies are coming against him. And yet when he gets inside the tent of the Lord to hide what is he doing while he's hiding he's shouting for joy and i don't think this would have been missed on the people who listen to this song for the first time like okay he's running into the tent to hide and when he gets in there he shouts for joy that there's a place that when you truly hide in god you can shout and make your like hey i don't care if my enemy knows where i'm at you can look you can see me but I'm hidden in Him. You can know where I'm at. I'm hidden right here in the Lord. Come get me. Come get me. Sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Then he says this, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. And, and this morning, you're just like, Well, I've never heard the Lord say, Seek my face. He is. He's told your pastor to stand up before you today and say, seek the Lord. Seek His face. This is the Lord to you this morning saying, before you seek anything else, seek His face. When you wake up in the morning, before you turn on the news to see the latest update, seek His face. Before you power on your phone and open that app to see what's going on with your friends and and the local news media and, and, and what's going on with the schools, whatever, get up and seek His face first. Seek Him first. The scripture tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. And and that's a posture of your heart. I I just truly believe that the thing you wake up and do first shows so much about who you are. That's why when we talk about tithes and offerings, when we give our tithe, we call it the first fruit. It's not the whatever's left over so I can give it to God. It's that first 10%. It's the first fruit that we give to God. 
because we're saying, God, you're more important to me than all the rest of it. So I'm going to make sure the first portion of what I get belongs to you. And the rest is for me. It's yours, but you're letting me have it. That's the posture of the heart. And that's the same thing with our time in the day that we wake up and we say, Lord, the first part of my day, it belongs to you. I wake up and I seek your face because when I open my eyes, the first thing the Lord is saying to me every day is, seek my face. Seek my face. And so my heart replies, Lord, your face do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn your servant, uh, turn not your servant away in anger. Because sometimes we're like, oh, I think I messed up. I don't think God... I don't think he wants to hear from me because, you know, he's upset with me because I kind of screwed up. Pastor Drew, you're up there saying, guys, we shouldn't be freaking out about this whole situation. And I kind of been freaking out. So I'm afraid God's a little upset with me. But can I tell you something? It says, cast me not, forsake me not. And what, oh God of my salvation. But what scripture tells us is that he will never leave us or forsake us. Right? This is David just kind of having an authentic moment here, like, God, don't, don't push me away. Don't cast me out. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. The Lord will take me in. Whatever I've done, whatever I've gone through, though even the closest people around me are like, you are being such a knucklehead. Or worse. The Lord will take me in. Give me up. Uh, give me not to the will of my adversaries, for false witness have risen up against me, and they breathe out violence. And and I would say that um, I've seen a lot of things over the last week, especially they're just false, just blatantly false information. I've heard a few of you say them, and those of you who I'm closest to. Um, that I have really good relationship with. I've called you an idiot to your face. It's very, it, it, guys, we're, we're not supposed to be gossip mongers. We're not supposed to bear false witness. And it's easy to repeat something that you think might be true. And I would just say, don't be that person. Don't repeat something that you think might be true. Because all you're doing is adding to the noise. Do you realize that? Well, even if you preface it with, well, I'm not sure if this is true, but... You ever play a telephone game? Yes, you have. You're going to preface it with, well, I don't know if this is true or not. And then the next person who doesn't love the Lord is like, well, you know what I heard. Well, that's true. They heard it from you. I um I've met people before that they seem to be the smartest people I know and it's simply because they never say anything. And I just don't know what they do or don't know. Just they never talk. And they seem very wise because they stay quiet and they only speak up on things they really know about. Versus other people I know who just about everything you you know those same people right that you think they're so wise and they're very quiet people they only talk when they actually know what they're talking about and what i'm saying for us is 
Let's not be the ones that are bearing false witness. Let's not be part of the group that's bearing false witness of what's going on. But let's speak truth. And if we're not sure about something, let's, let's, hold, let's hold our tongue. James tells us that the tongue, <laughs> the tongue is one of the most difficult things to tame. It's the rudder of our lives. It steers us in the direction we're going to go. Your tongue. It can set your whole future on fire. It's a spark that just... Who can tame it? We can tame horses. We can tame all sorts of things. But man, to tame the tongue. Uh, my, my Aunt Ruby's was, she'll say something. She'll go, oh, Ruby. Oh, slap her own mouth. I've done that. I've felt that way before. Like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have. I've put my foot in my mouth that time. Taming the tongue. Let's be people that the words that come out of our mouth aren't violence. It says right here, these guys are breathing out violence. But you know what I think? I think we should be people that every time we speak, we should be breathing out life and peace. Is the thing I'm about to say, especially, and obviously I'm talking about the current situation going on with this virus. Think about this over the next week. Every time you're about to talk about it, is the thing I'm about to say going to bring life and peace to the situation or is it going to create more fear? Now, I'm not saying there's, there's not a time to communicate facts. Sometimes a fact is a little bit scary. Sometimes when we have to communicate just information, I'm like, whoa, really? there's a closing or something like that but i'm saying as we communicate facts even do we do it with a spirit of fear or a spirit of i'm going to bring life and peace to the situation verse 13 says i believe that i will look upon the goodness of the lord in the land of the living I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the land. How many believe that you're going to see God's goodness arise? I mean, you all showed up this morning, so you're not living in fear. And even for the ones that didn't show up this morning, they were doing it not out of fear. They were doing it out of being cautious. Some of them contacted me like, look, I'm staying home because not because of me, because of the people I also interact with. Right? So they're not saying, I'm staying home because I'm scared. They're saying, look, I want to I serve these people, so I need to serve them by making sure I'm not a person who, like, I take care of them. So that's different. That, and, and being a person that serves the people around us, being an extension of the goodness of the Lord to the people around us. How can I be an extension of the goodness of the Lord around us in the land of living? And then this says this, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. No amens there, because we all know how hard that is. Wait for the Lord. What if he doesn't take care of this today? Then wait for the Lord. What if he doesn't take care of it the day after that? Then wait for the Lord. We get so determined sometimes to take situations into our own hands. Even not with the situation that's going on right now. 
or I'm going to manipulate this situation so that it'll work out. No, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. And then what does it say? Wait for the Lord. This guy's repeating himself again. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I almost have this vision of this warrior who's just, uh, you ever seen those movies? Like, they're like, hold, hold. And they just, they want to attack, you know? And they're like, no, we got to wait, wait. No, I'm ready. No, wait. Be strong. Take courage. Okay, now, no, no, wait. wait. And that's the whole thing. Because if you're going to, Launch into the, whatever situation under your own strength, you're going to fail. But if you let the Lord come up and gird up you with some power, then you can handle this. And can I tell you something? There's, there, in this situation that we live in right now, we need people who will wait for the Lord with your words, right? With your actions to wait for the Lord to speak life. Maybe you just need, maybe your waiting is just pausing five seconds before you say something. Just a five-second pause to wait for the Lord and let that life pour out of you. To wait for the Lord. I, I um, worship team, if you'll join me up here on the stage. And hey, I want to say stuff to our kids today. Thank you guys for hanging out with us in here today. I know it wasn't maybe your, your favorite thing, but I, with what's going on in the world today, I thought it was important that you heard this message out of Psalms 27, the 27th Psalm. And kiddos, we're going we're gonna to worship here. I know you guys like to sing. I'm going to beg. I was trying to decide how much of this I wanted to read again, but I'm going to read and I'll stop when I want to here. But we're going to worship. Um, we're going to praise. And we might even get done a little earlier today. I, I don't know. We might not. We might cut loose and be here till 2 o'clock. And then at that point, you can, whenever you need to sneak out, sneak out. Um, but in Psalm 27, it says, let me remind you, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rises against me, yet I will be confident. And here's his response. One thing I've asked of the Lord, that will I seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in the shelter, in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy I will sing and make melody to the Lord. And that's, I was like, then that's what we're going to do. We're going to sing and make melody to the Lord with everything that's going on around us in our nation. 
we're going to put our eyes on Jesus. We're going to put our eyes on Jesus. We're just going to worship Him. And um, if you'll stand with me. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for Lord God, what you want to do in us and through us. God, over the next few moments, Lord, it's our heart's desire to put our eyes on you, to gaze upon your beauty, not to look at the situation, but to put our eyes on you. So God, I pray as we worship over the next few moments that you would be glorified, that you would be exalted in this place. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.